New Year. You know, we say Happy New Year, so I guess it's sad old year, but I don't know. Um, but we're here. The last day of 2017, we're preparing for 2018. It's coming whether we are ready for it or not. And uh, I appreciate that word, Jackson, and uh, just appreciate these, these three young men that came forward and uh, appreciate that God has allowed us to be a part of what He's doing here and bringing people to life, awakening the dead and forgiving sins and just wiping debts clean. And what an awesome God we serve, um, a God that loves us. Even those times, like Jackson said, that we may not, we may not see it, we may not be feeling it at the time, but um, if you leave here this morning with nothing else heard, hear this, God loves you. He loves you. He can do nothing but love you. He can do nothing but love me, even in my, my sin and, and disgusting wretchedness before Him, He still loves me. And that's the God we serve. That's the God we're going to open up His Scriptures and allow that God who loves us to speak to our hearts in this moment to not only celebrate what He's done uh, in the midst of the storms and the trials maybe of 2017 or the excitement, but what He's going to do. Um, I don't know. I woke up this morning about 5 a.m., uh, not on purpose. It just, it just happens in my life now that I'm, I'm not a night person, so New Year's Eve is... Not like, yay, we're staying to midnight. Um, I, man, about nine o'clock. Jamie's gonna have to start. We have to start moving or something because I'll be, um, I'll be falling asleep. But I woke up about five a.m. and and God just put um, an excitement in my heart, um, just in thinking about what He's been doing and what He's going to do and wants to do, not only in my life and my family's life, but in your life and the life of Harvest Hill. Um, I know. Jokingly, I say this, but um, I know we always remember every single message we've heard here at Harvest Hill. Um, I, I, I just I appreciate how you all just remember all those things. Um, I, honestly, I, if I asked you what was the message three weeks ago, uh, it was Christmas. Yeah, it was. Very good. We had a three. See, that's why we do series, because then you can... Oh, oh, oh. Um, but... You know, sometimes we can ask, you know, so what do we talk about? So some of what we're going to talk about this morning is going to sound very familiar, and there's a reason for that. There's a point to it. Um, back in August, well, it goes even further back, back in November of 2016, when God called uh, me and my family here to Harvest Hill to be the pastor, began praying, because if you didn't notice when you came in, we have a church van, fully paid for, by the way. <laughs> A church van out there, and there's a, there's a slogan that says, love God, love people. That's our purpose for Harvest Hill. We want to love God, love people in that order, because if we get those mixed up, we won't do anything right. And as I was called here and began, um, it's such a simple statement, but began praying, okay, what does that look like? And this came, uh, started coming to fruition and came to full fruition by uh, August. And so we did this four-week series. I'm not going to do four weeks Today, you can praise God for that later. Um, but uh, just to go as a recap of what we call the heartbeat of Harvest Hill, what is it to love God and love people? What kind of church are we going to be? What kind of people are we going to be as we represent God? And, and the reason we, we do this is just that reminder. The, the heartbeats are to look like the letter M's. There are four M's in which we follow that we're all on this process. Somewhere we're either we're in the midst of this process or we're doing the full heartbeat. The problem is, is when the point of the heartbeat is when we don't do this, we flatline. And it's a sad thing that in America there are a lot of churches flatlining every single day and closing their doors every single day. 
It's the truth of what is happening in America today. And for us to not be one of those churches, it is to be about God's will and about God's purpose. And so we're going to be turning back into, if you have your Bibles with you, we're going to be focusing on one verse, looking at several other verses. Um, I just uh, want to encourage you to turn to Mark chapter 12, verse 29 uh, through 31. This is where our, our, our purpose comes from, of love God, love people. And Jesus' answer, the most important is, listen, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your strength. And the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. And there is no other command greater than these. And the Gospel of Matthew says that all of the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And so we're going to dive into this. What is it to love God, love people? What is it to be a part of this heartbeat? What is it to be alive and active, not only as a church, but as individuals that make up the church? A church is a gathering of God's people. It is not a building. It is not a location for the post office fine. It is the gathering of God's people. And so what are we to be doing? How do we live out this loving God, love people? Again, four M's. It begins, we have to meet Jesus. You cannot be a part of God's plan and earn God's will unless you have Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. So we have to meet Jesus. We have to mature in our relationship with God. We have to be on mission for the kingdom of God, and we have to multiply by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the four M's. Meet, meet, mature, mission, multiply. And so we're going to walk through this as a reminder this morning um, because we need reminders. We do. Um, I love talking about my kids, and hopefully you can relate or at least understand when I share little illustrations about my kids because I learn so much from them about who I am and my relationship with God, my father. Um, little Abby is just a ball full of joy. She's almost always happy unless Ethan's picking on her. Um, but one thing about Abby that has become more and more uh, aware for me is Abby is very forgetful or sometimes the word is maybe very distractible. Um, for instance, on Friday, we finally got home. We were traveling, seeing all the family. Like, you know, you see one set of grandparents, you better see the other or it's not going to go well. And so we were traveling and we were on the road quite a bit. We finally got home Friday afternoon and uh, we sat down. We just kind of, you know, I don't this is just confession. We just plop our stuff on the floor when we get home. I mean, when we're traveling, we don't want to mess with it um, right then and right there. And we just kind of found our spot. Our kids finally got to go play with some of the stuff they got for Christmas. And um, it was after supper, probably about 6.30 or so. And Abby comes down and says, hey, Daddy, you want to play a game with me? I got this new game. You want to play it with me? And I said, oh, yeah, sure. That, that sounds great. And just give me instructions so I can know how to beat you, but, you know, you got to beat, you, you can't let your kids win, right? And so I, I got the instructions and read them over, and she was really excited, and then she goes, oh, hold on, I'll be right back, and I knew what was going to happen. She wanted to play this game, but she was going to go do stuff. I saw her walk by me several times. 30 minutes later, I hear her say, oh, yeah, Daddy, we're going to play that game? She, she just got distracted. It was her idea. I said, yeah, I'm just waiting on you. I, I, I did not move. I knew she was coming back, um, but Abby's one of those who's just very distracted. She forgets on what she was doing. We have to remind her to put her shoes on when we go to school. We have to tell her there's some of those mornings you're a parent, you can relate to this. Hey, you're going to have to finish eating because we have to go. And she will sit with the food in front of her, and she will forget she's supposed to be eating because she'll be engaging in conversation with either me or Ethan. Um, you know, did you brush your teeth? Oh, yeah. You know, those sort of things. She's very forgetful, so we have to give her these constant reminders, but you know what? We're just like that. 
And God knows that about you. God knows that about me. If you cannot look through Scripture and see that God is a God who is having to remind His people over and over and over again. Abraham built an altar and did a sacrifice to worship God to remember what he did. Noah did the same thing when he came out of the ark. You go into Exodus. When God freed the people, He created a festival, a time of celebration, a thing called the Passover in which they would remember when God brought them out. It was to call them to remember, to tell their kids, this is what God did for us. This is how he, he redeemed us, and this is how he freed us. You go into Joshua, and God told Joshua, you need to take stones from the Jordan River and set them up on the other side as a monument to remember. So when your kids ask, what do these stones mean? You can say, this is what God did. This is how he's been moving in our life. This is how he brought us to this point. And throughout Scripture, God has set up Passovers. He set up celebrations and festivities. He set up sacrifices and times of the year. He sets up certain periods of years that come together, that they have His Day of Atonement. These things to remember what God is doing, what God is wanting His people to do, how God is wanting His people to live and, and react and be His people in this world so other people can look at the way they're living and know that He's the one true God. But God knows that you and I, just like my daughter Abby, needs reminders. And so that's why we come back for this reminder this morning. Because as we wrap up 2017 and we prepare for 2018, God's got some incredible things in store. And just to celebrate what God has been doing, we've had 37, 37 new members join Harvest Hill in 2017. 37. That's awesome. As you saw this morning, we've had 17 baptisms this year. 16 of those were by salvation. God is good all the time. We have paid off the van, mentioned that. We did a kitchen renovation that I guess we've been talking about for years, and we finally knocked that out. We paid for it in full, didn't borrow any sort of money. We're going to start working to continue to get out of debt as a church. We're going to continue to grow, continue to be on mission for God. But to do that, we have to stay focused on what God wants to do because there's going to be times it's going to get rough. There's going to be times that Satan's going to come and try to disrupt things. That's what he does and tries to get us all focused and get us to forget this is what God wants us to be doing. So we come back to remember. We come back to remember that, you know, God's got a great plan for Harvest Hill. He's got a great plan for you and your family and a great plan uh, for your kids and what is going on in their life. The Bible tells us that God desires a relationship with all people. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 through 4, the Bible says that this is good and it pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of truth. What is the knowledge of truth? Or should I say, who is the knowledge of truth? Jesus. I am the way and the truth. Jesus is the knowledge of truth. So what does God want for all people on this planet? He wants for all people to come to a knowledge of Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And how does God want to do that? Through you and me. Through His church. God has placed us here not to just you know, check in at 10.30 and check out whenever I get done. God has placed us here so that He can use us so people can meet Jesus through us. That's why you're here. That's why you have the friends you have. That's why God has placed you at the job you have. That's why you have the relationships you have. That's why if you're a student and you're on the teams or the clubs or the activities that you do and you, and you excel, God has placed you and me in those situations so that people that are surrounding us in that moment can meet Jesus through us. That's the whole goal. 
That's everything we are to be about here at Harvest Hill, is that people have the opportunity to meet Jesus, the God who saves us, the God who loves us. That's what our Wednesday Night Live has to be about. That's what our Bible studies have to be about, our youth groups, our worship. This time we gather here and we open God's Word. It's all so we can meet Jesus, the God who saved us. And so for us, what we have to do is we have to become intentional. We have to meet people where they are so they can meet Jesus through us. We have to engage in conversation. We have to reach out and we have to let people know what God has done for us. The Bible says we are ambassadors for Christ. We, not just the pastor, not just the youth guy, not just the worship guy, we all are ambassadors. We represent Jesus Christ. And here's the awesome news. It's God that's making his appeal through us. So all we really have to do is get out of the way and allow God to have his way with us and move through us because God has given us his spirit to empower us to do what only he can do through us. God has given us everything we need for godliness, the Bible says. Everything. And so you may hear, okay, I got to be on mission about having people meet Jesus through me, but I'm not an evangelist. I'm not skilled at evangelism. I don't have the gift of evangelism. That doesn't matter. Jesus says, go, therefore, and make disciples. That go is as you are going. It is implied you're going to do this because you are excited about the God who loves you. You are excited about the God who saved you. You are excited for other people to know about this God. This is why Jesus says we are to be his witnesses in Acts 1.8. The word witness means that we testify to what we have seen, what we have heard, what we've experienced, and what we felt. So evangelism isn't a track. It isn't a three-step program. What evangelism is, is I'm going out into the world and I'm telling people how I've experienced Jesus. I tell people what Jesus is doing in my life, what Jesus has done for me, what Jesus is preparing for me. I tell people about Jesus. That's, that's a witness. I don't have to quote scripture, though that could be helpful. All I need to do is introduce people to Jesus, just like you introduce your friends, and a lot of you all have introduced me to your friends and family that are here this morning. That's all it is. Hey, can I introduce you to Jesus? I want you to meet this God that's crazy about me and crazy about you, and I want you to know he loves you, and it's through Jesus that he showed it. But a lot of times, Christians, they stop there. And that's why we got to pray for our, 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 our three young men and, and, and all these salvations that happened this, this year. Christianity, praise the Lord, is not about filling a seat. Praise the Lord. And so what God wants to do is he wants us to mature in our relationship with him. He wants us to be engaged in Bible study. He wants us to be engaged in the Word of God. He wants us to be engaged in conversation with other believers so we can strengthen one another and and sharpen iron. Paul uses the analogy of working out in Philippians. He says, work out your own, your own salvation with fear and trembling. See, we've got to own this salvation that we've been given. This is mine. He's my God. He's my Savior. This is my salvation. So I've got to work my own salvation now. My salvation is not, is not, hind- or is not uh, put upon my dad or my mom. My salvation is mine, and so is my relationship. I should want to know more about this God who loves me. I should want to know more about this God who saved me. I should want to know more about this God I'm going to spend eternity with. And so I've got to mature in my relationship with him. 
And I know a lot of people, when it comes to evangelism or teaching the Word of God, this is their, their reason. And I've heard it in all the time in my, in my time in ministry. I just can't share my faith because I'm scared if they ask me a question, I won't have the right answer. Or I can't teach the Bible because I feel I don't know enough about the Bible. Or, or I don't talk about Jesus so much because I, I just don't want to say anything wrong. Here's the reality, and this is going to be the hardest kick I'm going to give you today. The only thing keeping you from sharing your faith, teaching the Bible, or engaging in conversation about Jesus Christ is you. You are your worst enemy. I'm my worst enemy. Because I can find a million excuses not to work out my salvation. Just like I can find a million excuses not to work out physically. Oh, Cheez-Its are better. You can find a million excuses not to do what God has left you here on this planet to do. And so it's really on you. We have to understand that God is not the God who gives us the excuses. He's the God who gives us the power to do what he's left us here to do, to be his witnesses, to allow people to meet Jesus, to allow us to mature in our relationship with God. And why would you want to do this? As Jackson was sharing and some of y'all may have had horrendous 2017s or are still recovering from 2016. In maturing in my relationship with God, it prepares me for the storms that are going to come. 2018 is not going to be storm-free. You may be on cloud whatever, nine. Is that what it usually is, cloud nine? You may be on the mountaintop right now. But the reality is, nowhere in Scripture do we see God allowing anybody to stay on the mountain. And storms are going to come. And Jesus even promised in his, when he taught that storms will come in life. And unless you are built upon the foundation, which is him, the rock, you will crumble and you will fall. And many people have walked away from the church and walked away from the faith because when the storms come, they, they've met Jesus, but they did not mature, and so they were not ready. They did not have the armor of God on them. And so my challenge for you, that's the kick. Here's the challenge. Challenge for you is we are without excuse to be in the Word of God. We are really without excuse. You can put it on your tablet. You can have it on your phone. You can download it and listen to it in your car. Challenges for us as God's people, you've got the rest of the day. By tomorrow morning, have a Bible reading plan in place. You can find them for free. You can download them. You can have them right there. You can even set applications to remind you to read your Bible. We're without excuse to, be, to not be in the Word of God. And so find a reading plan where you're reading, and usually it's like three chapters a day. You're reading those three chapters, and so that by this time next year, the end of 2018, we can say as a church family, we have all read through the entire Word of God. Some of y'all are going to start reading, and you're just going to go. And, and you're probably going to finish it by June, if not sooner. Some of y'all are going to read it, and you're going to hit Leviticus, and you're going to be praying for perseverance. Okay? It's going to happen. But let's just let's make this challenge as a church and to keep each other as a church family accountable, that we're going to be in God's Word every single day in 2018. And we all are going to be maturing in our relationship with God because we're going to be allowing God's voice to speak to our hearts and His Spirit to move in us and strengthen us. 
See, it's not relying upon a pastor or teacher. Those, those things are biblical. It is all about us. Are we going to engage in this relationship that we've been given? Another reason we want to do this is to mature in our relationship is because God wants us to be on mission for his kingdom. And here's this incredible promise out of 2 Peter. His, being God's divine power, has given us everything required for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. God allowed us and called us so that we met him and we met Jesus. And some of us, we're in different stages of our maturing, okay? Some of us are, are, you know, senior citizen mature and some of us are still infant mature. But we're maturing all for the purpose because God wants to unleash us to be on mission for his kingdom here in this church and here in this community. This is what Jesus calls when he calls us to be a Christian. It is actually to be a disciple or a learner of Jesus. And we go on mission for this purpose, which is the final heartbeat, for multiplication. For multiplication. Jesus, when he called the disciples, says, follow me and I will make you fish for people. I'll make you fishers of men. See, Jesus, from the very get-go, when he invited those men to come and follow him, he, showed, he told them, this is why you're going to come with me. This is what I want the end game to be. You are going to turn around and start fishing for people. You're going to begin multiplying. You can't read through the book of Acts and not see multiplication happening. Why? Because God's people were tuned to the heart of God. They were meeting with him daily. They were meeting with other brothers and sisters daily. They were on mission for the kingdom. And you know what God did? He blessed them and he multiplied them. And God has been blessing Harvest Hill and he's been multiplying Harvest Hill. But I got to tell you this. We've only hit the tip of what God can do in this church and in this community. Just think, this is the God who created the heavens and the earth. This is the God who brought 5,000 people to salvation in one day through one message. This is the God who sits on his throne who will not be moved. This is the God we serve. This is the God we represent. And if you think God is satisfied with 16 salvations, I can promise you this. God wants to see the entire community of Stratford saved. He wants to see this entire county, this entire state, and this entire nation saved. And he wants to use you and me to do it. How awesome is that? What an incredible calling. C.S. Lewis wrote that the church exists for nothing else but to draw men and people to Christ and to make them little Christ. And if they are not doing that, all the cathedrals, all the clergy, all the missions, all the sermons, even the Bible itself are simply a waste of time because God became man for no other purpose. We're here to bring God glory. And the way we bring God glory is all, most of us already met Jesus. Where are you? Are you maturing? Would you say that you've grown in your relationship with God since you've come to a relationship with Jesus Christ? Are you still back there at that moment? You know enough that, you know, yet he died and he rose again and all those, that's, that's the important thing, yes. But are you still there? Are you still an infant? Paul got into Corinthians and said, man, I wish I could give you spiritual food, but I have to give you milk. Is that where you are? Are you maturing? Second question, are you on mission? This isn't your mission. Keep a seat warm. Are you actively engaged in the body of Christ? Because you're saying we cannot be a healthy church without you involved in this church. We can't. You would know if your toe wasn't working. 
If you woke up this morning and, and your hand did not work, you would, re- you would realize that. And God realizes when part of his body is not working and he's brought you here no matter how old you are or how young you are or what gender you are, he has brought you here to be used for his glory in this church. And then we're called to multiply, to go out and multiply. David Platt wrote in his book on Matthew, that said, according to Jesus, from beginning to end, to be a disciple is to make disciples. Scripture, the Bible, knows nothing of disciples who aren't making disciples. Another way to say it is Scripture knows no such thing as a Christian who is not making more Christians. challenge this morning is, would we fit into the way God defines us to be as a church and as his people? Are we about God's heart? God has placed people in your life already, right now, that need to meet Jesus, and he wants to use you as that means so they can meet Jesus. I want to, again, challenge you again. Be praying for those people that God has placed around you. Be praying for them, for God to open that door that you can share your faith with them, that you can just be a witness and share what Jesus has done for you. But I would, I would be failing as a pastor if I also didn't allow you here this morning, maybe you're here this morning and, and you're not even on the harpy yet because you haven't met Jesus yet. And I want to give you that invitation. See, the Bible in the very beginning tells us that God created the heavens and the earth and God created you and me for a relationship with Him. It's amazing. He doesn't need it. He wants it. The problem is, all of us in this room, we have sin in our life and our sin separates us from that relationship with God. And our sin, it can't be removed by us going to church or being a good person or doing enough good stuff. We can't remove that sin. But that's why we celebrate with these young men. That's why we celebrate Jesus. That's why we want people to meet Jesus, because Jesus paid for our sins and the sins of the entire world by his death on the cross as a criminal and his resurrection from the dead three days later. He paid it all. And all the Bible says is, if I believe in that, if I believe God loves me that much, God is for me that much, that Jesus did that for me, if I believe that in my heart, I'm to confess that with my mouth. And the Bible says everyone who believes will be saved. That means I met Jesus. I'm no longer in my sin. I'm no longer lost. I'm saved. I'm found. I'm a child of the King. And that's what God wants for your life this morning, if you have yet to meet Jesus. Are you ready to make 2017 end well and 2018 end Awesome, or begin awesome. We begin with a relationship with Jesus Christ. We're going to have a time of invitation. I'm going to ask Jackson to come on up. And if that's where you are, if you know, you know, I, I've been doing all the church stuff, but I, I haven't yet to invite Jesus into my life. I'm going to invite you to come on down here and just say, hey, Pastor Mike, I, I, want, I want Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Or you say, I just want Jesus. Maybe you're here this morning and you've already accepted Jesus, but you know you've been a little complacent. And God has put that upon your heart. You know what? I need to start stepping up my game. 5 a.m. this morning, I woke up excited for 2018, and God hit me with a word I'd like to share with you. Focus. Focus. It is so easy to get out of focus. 
It's so easy to go through the motions. It's so easy just to do stuff, but to be focused, to be intentional about this relationship I have with God, to be focused about that, to be focused in my relationship with my wife and my kids, to be focused in this ministry that God has called me to, to be focused on you and my prayers as this church, to be focused in my, my, my growth in knowing God more, to be focused in, in taking Jesus to the people that God has placed in my life, Focus. Would you say you're with me and you want focus too? That was my prayer this morning about, well, it's 5.30 after God kind of revealed that. And maybe that needs to be your prayer. God, just give me a focus for 2018 for you. If you need to accept Jesus, I'll be here. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for saving us. Thank you that it's not by anything we've done. You have done it all. You have completed the work. Father, thank you so much for these three men that came forward and and they're not afraid to let it be known that they know you love them. Father, I thank you. You don't ask us to have it all figured out. You don't ask us to have it all together. You just say, come, come meet with me. Come follow me. I pray for the individuals here this morning. They need to do that. Right now they are lost. They are heading for help. But your word says that's not your will for their life. You want them to come to the saving knowledge. So Father, give them the courage to step out and walk down this aisle. Let it be known they want to become a child of the King. They want Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Father, I pray for Harvest Hill. Lord, forgive us for those times that we've just kind of gone through the motions. We've just kind of done stuff. And we haven't been loving you with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. We haven't been loving the people that you've brought around Harvest Hill. We haven't been the light and salt you need us to be. Forgive us, Lord. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. As we wrap up this year and begin for a new year, Lord, I pray for my, myself right now. Give me a focus. Help me to fix my eyes on the author and perfecter of my faith so I can run this race that you've placed before me. And I pray this for Harvest Hill. Give us a focus. Let us be intentional about pursuing after you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for this time of year. Thank you as we begin a new year, we can just celebrate you've made us a new creation if we're found in you. But Lord, continue to do your work. Continue to do what you need to do. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of it. Forgive me if I got in your way or failed you in any sort of ways. We walk through your word and praise in your son's name. Invite you to come if you need to respond. God is able, He will never fail. He is Almighty God, greater than all we seek, greater than all we
God is good all the time. Amen to that. Hey, a lot of great things going on. Obviously, talked about them a little bit. A lot of great things ahead. Be in prayer for 2018 and what God wants to do here at Harvest Hill. A couple things that are not going on, much to be aware of. Uh, One is there is not going to be a New Year's Eve celebration here tonight. Um, Just we wanted to make sure everyone got home or stayed home safely and stayed warm. It's supposed to get in the negatives by the time we would get out of here. So uh, we just want to do that just for safety concerns. If you go out, have fun, be safe, be careful, um, and, and have a good time. But I uh, just want to encourage you to be praying. Um, also, find your reading plan if you don't already have one, and just to be in the Bible. And uh, if you would like, I can help you. Just find me before you leave, and I can point you in the right direction on where to find one of those. Um, also, there's no men's prayer tomorrow morning. It's New Year's Eve and or New Year's Day. And so we're not going to have any men's prayer tomorrow morning. Not that we won't be praying. We just won't be gathering together. But men, I want to encourage you. We do meet every single Monday, except for tomorrow, of course. Um, but every single Monday at 6.15 at Common Grounds. And uh, it's just a great time. It's the only time you can get Common Grounds coffee on a Monday, which is good. And so... Um, and so if you want to be a part of that, I want to encourage you to come on out to that. We're usually done right around 7, um, so you can get off to work or get to where you need to be. Um, just be, put that on your mind, your heart. Uh, also, there's, there's no Wednesday Night Live, obviously, this week. We're going to start that up in February. Um, and so be in prayer and how God wants to use you for that. We are um, possibly looking for uh, another van driver. We had... Uh, one individual say that they'd be interested in knowing more about that, but we'd like to, you know, just have a nice group of people um, to be able to do that, uh, whether you just ride with them. Um, then uh, we, we're always in need of people to help out with kids and, and youth, and I've yet to hear Jason tell someone, no, you, you can't help me. Um, so it hasn't happened. Um, but So maybe God wants to use you in that way. Um, We could use help in the nursery. We could use help in children's church. If you'd like to help out, it's on a rotation. It's like once every six to eight weeks. Find Miss Melody. Can you put your hand up? And she will ditch you on there and and get you plugged in. Um, Maybe God is moving you in another way. And uh, just let me know, and and we'll we'll see what's what's in store. Uh, Next Sunday, January 7th. Um, right after church, we're going to de-decorate or undecorate or however you, we're going to get rid of the Christmas stuff. Um, I know it's going to be back in 11 months, but we're not going to be that church, so uh, we're going to take it, we're going to take it down and put it away. Um, and so um, that's if you can stay for for that, it, it shouldn't take too long for you to get enough hands. Um, it'll be right after church next Sunday on the 14th. If you're here and you've been here for a while and this is where you believe God is, is bringing you and you've heard where we're going as far as a heartbeat and what we want to be about and you're like, okay, I'm going to be a part of that. We're going to have a new membership class on the 14th of January 14th. That's two, well, three weeks from now, I think, two weeks from now, something like that. Um, right after church, it's time for question and answer and, and just kind of let you know. And it, it usually doesn't take too long. But I just want to let you be aware of that to make plans to be a part of that. January 21st, um, so we got several things coming up. We're going to have a Wednesday night live meeting right after service in here. So if you want to know how you can be plugged in and be a part, we're also going to make sure we're ready to go because on February 7th we launch uh, with our new term. Um, we talk about maturing. 
adults, we're going to be walking through the beginnings of Christianity. We're going to start in the book of Acts and just see how it unfolds throughout history. Um, so I encourage you to be a part of that or to be helping out. And then next week, we're going to start a new series called Miracles of Jesus according to the Gospel of John. And uh, so uh, we'll start with Water to Wine, which is always a fun one to talk about at church. Um, so come and be a part of that as well. If you missed anything, we have a podcast. You can check that out. And I'll stop talking now and invite people to come forward. We're going to do our tithes and offerings. It's time we give back to the Lord everything He's blessed us with. So if we could have a couple uh, folks come on down and help with that, and we'll pray real quick. Father, thank you for this day and loving us. Thank you for just being able, being faithful. Thank you for loving us and the grace you give us every single day. Thank you for, for allowing us to be a part of what you want to do, the big scheme of things. God, we praise you for you are worthy. And we come and, and give you these tithes and these offerings this, in this time. And Lord, we ask you to just take it and use it however you see fit, that your kingdom would come and your will would be done through these things. Again, forgive us if we failed you in any sort of way. We pray this all in your Son's name.